The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 830 Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share amazing stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yapchan, and today I have a phenomenal woman on the show today. She is the president and CEO of the Center of Asian Pacific American Women, and I'm really excited to have her on today to share her story and wisdom with us. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Suan Hong. Suan, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Thank you so much, Sheena, for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here. Again, my name is Sue Ann Hong. I'm the president and CEO for the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, or CAPA. And, uh, you know, I'm an immigrant. I I came to the U.S. when I was eight from Seoul, Korea, and I literally flew by myself to meet my aunt in Chicago. We, together, we flew up to Hurley, Wisconsin, Ironwood, Michigan area, the Upper Peninsula. And, and she adopted me, you know, the daughter of her younger sister, because she wanted me to have a better life in the US. She was a professor. And so she was a career woman single. And, you know, just really did a courageous thing, I think, by bringing me over on her own. So that's the that's kind of the start of my journey in the US. And also the first time that I realized that I looked and I was different compared to everybody else in my school. Thanks for sharing that, Swain. What's your cultural background? I'm Korean American, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. Thanks for sharing that. And Swain, what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? My self-confidence quote is really mine, which is people are going to always have value towards you. They're going to define your value, but ultimately it is your job to define your own value. Thank you so much, Suan. That was a really great quote. And it's so true. You know, in a world we're living in right now, we always measure our value based on the number of likes we have or how many follows, followers we have on Instagram. And really the only person we need to, you know, see that value is within ourselves. Because when we can see that value, everyone else will see it. So I really love that quote that you mentioned. And in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? Self-confidence is really about being the authentic the most authentic you that you can be, and you're projecting that out into the world. And it's aligned to your purpose. I love that. You know, it's not always easy for Asian women to show up authentically, right? Especially when, you know, we've been told from generation to generation to be told what to do or how to live our lives. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's very challenging and we're not too sure what happens, which is why sharing stories like these, sharing stories of authenticity is so important so we can show others like, it's okay to show up as your authentic self. So I really love that definition that you mentioned. And so Anne, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? Well, I think I went into corporate after college. So I worked for a Fortune 50 company. I worked you know, my way up through the, the ranks and worked in different areas. I worked for you know, an insurance company and I learned a lot about myself as I don't I'm a learner, like I can actually go into different areas that I've never done, and I can learn and I can figure it out. And I think that builds self confidence, because of the fact that 
you know, I have experts I can rely on and ask questions unless you're an accountant or a medical in the medical field, or, you know, you're an attorney where specific things are required degrees and, and certifications or whatnot. For the most part, you can move from area to area and you can learn and you can figure it out. And I think that's what builds a lot of the, uh, you know, self-confidence over time. And it's never like this, like, I don't sit there and go, oh, I have finally arrived. I am now self-confident. Like, it doesn't work like that, right? It's iterations. It's how you feel in the moment. Like, one day I could be confident and the next minute I'm like, ah, not so sure. So I think we have to understand that self-confidence is really ebb and flow. You're going to feel confident overall, but then you're going to have moments where you're going to always have self-doubt. And it's more about how you address that. You know, how do you talk to yourself in that moment? And are you harsh? You know, are you being critical in that, you know, that little voice inside your head? Or are you more compassionate? So that's kind of how I look at that. Thanks for sharing that. I love how you mentioned because confidence isn't something that you know, just happens overnight. It's something that we deal with for the rest of our lives because we always have new challenges, new roadblocks, uh, new environments like the pandemic, which has been so crazy. But you know, what was that aha moment in your life, especially when you started Kapa? What was that aha moment to give you the confidence to start such an amazing organization? Well, first of all, I didn't start it, so I'm stewarding it, as I say. Um, this because this organization has been around since 1995 is when it was incorporated by amazing, you know, we call them warrior sisters, 18 of them, plus Martha Lee, who is our founder from the Kellogg Foundation. And the way that that I looked at this was when I left State Farm, and when I came to nonprofit and making that transition, which is a whole another uh, story. I mean, I literally felt like I knew nothing in terms of you know, it's almost like being an entrepreneur. I was so work, you know, uh, confident with the corporate structure where you had various departments that help you with different things, right? Accounting and learning and development and all these different areas, IT. And here you're like, uh, I've got to figure out the accounting system. I got to figure out QuickBooks. I got to figure out where is the database that we're using? How do, so where I have to build it. So I think it, I was like really shaky at the beginning, you know, thinking that like, what was I thinking I could do this? But then I just started one step at a time. Like, okay, you don't know this. Let's, let's call a friend, pull up a YouTube and go do some digging and research to figure out how to use the software or the platform or whatnot. And you just start to learn. And that's the way I felt is that, okay, I can, again, like my entire career, I can figure it out. You know, I am, but I'm nervous as heck, but you know, I'm still going to do it, still going to go forth and try to make it work. So that's how I look at it. But I was scared out of my mind. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, when we start something new, it is scary, right? And I remember just looking at a quote the other day, I even shared it on LinkedIn saying, you know, be brave enough to to suck at something new, right? Because we're very hard on ourselves, right? When we try to do something new and we fail, we feel like a failure the first time we do it. But really, it's just part of the process. And the only way to get better is to keep practicing, right? Practice makes progress. And so, of course, in the beginning, 
we're going to suck. We have no clue what's, what's going to happen. But like you mentioned, we take it one step at a time and figure it out along the way. And as women, we're so capable of doing that. And I, I think it's just how we see ourselves or perceive ourselves that really stops us from taking that step or taking, trying to figure things out because that's what men do. Men, men, you know, talk about it and then figure it out after they have their talk. So, so I really love that you mentioned that. And, you know, because of that, how, what's been life like now? Life is still figuring it out. Uh, that's my mantra. You know, there's nothing that we can't fit. It's not that we can't do it. It might just might take some time and some effort and some research. But I think one of the things that I'm more confident in is the fact that I can figure it out. And I've shown over and over and over that that's my way of, you know, dealing with the unknown is, well, okay, uh, so what's the first step? What's my plan? You know, how am I going to, I can't be the expert of everything all at once. So what, what am I going to do? One step one, two, three, four. And I actually lay out a plan for myself and I'll say, okay, now do I know any expert in this, somebody in this area or that area that I can connect with? And just, I think I'm better at churning that unknown faster probably than I was at the beginning, if that makes sense. I still deal with a lot of unknowns. Um, and uh, like, as an example, I'm working with National um, Asian Chamber of Commerce, and they connected with Grubhub to fund, you know, to they did a fundraiser in, in May to, you know, round up your change to the next dollar, they raised over $2 million for AAPI restaurant owners for grants. And so they're like, Sue Ann, can you take these six states and get at least 100 applications? And I'm thinking in my mind, do I know a restaurant owner in Mississippi and, you know, like Alabama, Florida, like Asian restaurant? I'm like, okay, I don't know, but my network of people that I trust and know, they know. So when I sent that out to say call of action, we're looking for applications, 100 to fill from these six states. I think that was filled within the next 48, 72 hours. It was done. We had enough applicants and we were full. But that's a good example of I am leveraging the network of experts that I know, and they're going to help me figure it out and make sure that these things get to the people who need it. So that's how I look at it. It's, I'm not by myself. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that. But, you know, just because you don't know it doesn't mean someone else knows it. And you, you ask for help to get to your end goal. And, you know, as Asian Asian culture, we're always afraid to ask for help, right? Because it's seen as a weakness or asking for a handout, but nothing gets done if we don't go out there and just ask for help. Like things get a lot done a lot faster. We get to work together. We elevate the community more when we can help each other out. And the more we can just, you know, just let our guard down and just ask for that help. Like you just never know what could happen. And I love that you mentioned, you know, use, you know, the people you trust to make this happen, right? Because, you know, it's not only you, it, it's a bigger, it's a bigger mission to especially elevate the Asian community. So, you know, I just want to thank you for doing that and love that, you, you know, you mentioned, mentioned just being able to ask for help. And, you know, if there's a woman who's listening to your episode and she may be in her own journey of self-confidence, what'd be that one tip you'd give to her? Well, first of all, you're enough. And I think that's, that's the fundamental belief is that you're enough. And then the other thing I would say is that, you know, you don't have to be alone in this journey. And the fact that there are other women out there and I'm finding, and I literally had women reach out to me from all over the country who talk about either their issues with their identity or they're in the middle of a transition and they can't figure out quite where they want to go. 
or if they're, you know, looking for something more, but they don't know what that more is, that's something, right? whatever that looks like. So they come to me and they're like, hey, Suanne, I need, what can, is there something out there? Is there a resource? And so like, as an example, I put the compassion circle together of women who are from all over the country who, you know, reached out and I said, I'm going to put this group together. And guess what? Now you have a community. Now you have other women who are searching for different things and you can be resources to each other. And you can be, you know, you can share your narratives and your stories and people understand without a lot of explanation. You know, that's the other thing, right? Common ground common experiences. So I would say you don't have to be alone would be my other thing. So I think there's plenty of resources out there. And and if you have, if you want to reach out info at apawomen.org and then apawomen.org, reach out and let's see what we can do to support. I love it. And yeah, you know, I love that you mentioned you're not alone, especially, you know, the pandemic has really made women just feel alone in their own journey, especially women entrepreneurs, you know, with so many things closing down, like networking events and things like that, they've been more lonely than ever. And, you know, organizations like what you have and what we're doing, you know, we just want to create support and communities to showcase that, you know, you're not alone, there's support here, and you can get it virtually. And you're like, we're, we got your back. And yeah, I, I really love that you mentioned that. And I know you had some stats you wanted to share with us, or especially regarding with the Stop Asian Hate, maybe you can share a little bit of that. Yeah, so this is where I still get tremendously concerned about where we are right now. If you look at Staff API Hate, and this report just came out about on the 12th of August, and basically from March 19, 2020 to June 30th, the number of hate incidences reported went from 6,603 to 9,081, just from that increase from April to June of 2021. And you're still talking, you know, hate instances reported by women make up two thirds of all the report. And, you know, the verbal harassment and the shunning, you know, that's the, that's like up, that's literally the majority of what's happening. And the fact that, you know, people think that they can just go up to someone and start saying hateful things, you know, telling them to go back to their country or, you know, saying incredibly inappropriate things, calling them names, or in some instances, you know, you've you've even got physical assault, almost just under 14% and civil rights violations, even online harassment, which is a whole, whole new thing with, you know, us, everybody being on a virtual environment. So I bring that because I feel like we have a responsibility if you see, observe something, if appropriate to intervene, if say, and by the way, safely, but I want to, you know, push things like the programs with Hollaback and with, you know, with anti-bullying, like being a bystander, OCA, Asian Pacific Americans, they have a program as well on how to deal with some of these things. So I want to make sure that you know, it's not just when you observe something, you just sit by and do nothing, or you turn your blind eye. It's just horrific and sad. And just I, it just makes me sick that I'm part of this country and our communities are part of this country, contributing members, tax paying part of the country. And we're having these challenges. So I, I wanted to bring that up. Thank you so much. And it's very disheartening to hear that. And people, you know, people don't realize that 
racism also happens in Canada. A lot of people think it doesn't happen, but it does, right? Maybe it just doesn't get reported as much. But I mean, we have the highest per capita when it comes to racism against Asians. And so it's really important to bring these topics up and bring awareness so we can work together and help each other out, right? I know our culture has always been to never make any noise. If anything traumatic happens to you, just avoid it, just keep it to yourself. But you know, now our silence is literally killing us. And so it's so important for us to speak up and keep speaking up until this goes away. I mean, you know, now's not the time to be silent. And I know it's scary, of course, right? Who isn't scared? We, we all get scared. But, you know, I saw a video recently of four Afghan women protesting against the Taliban in Kabul because of the, the takeover. And, you know, to see four women against all these men in the streets of Kabul, there's nothing scarier than that because they could literally get shot at any given moment by the Taliban. And so when I see women like that, you know, that's that's true bravery because four women against hundreds of men outside in the streets. And so, you know, if, if they can do something as courageous as that, we can we can also help them out and speak up and speak up for every woman out there who is suffering. So thank you for sharing those stats. And Suan, if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Yes, uh, we're on, uh, obviously, the www.apawomen.org. W, that's A-P-A-W-O-M-E-N.org. And then we're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram. I don't know how to use TikTok yet still, but uh, I'm wor- we're working on that. <laughs> and if you want to write in info at apawomen.org on email just to inquire more about what we do. But I think for me, ultimately, it's about supporting and helping women to be to serve their purpose and be where they need to be. And what can I do to help support them to become more self-confident as well as to bringing that together a community of women so that you feel like you have that support that you need along with that programming. So I want you to reach out if you need help. I want you to really think about what it is that you need to do to help yourself in the self-confidence arena. And at the same time, help yourselves in terms of the solitude at times where it's very deafening to be by yourself. And what, what is it that you can do to help yourself create community? Thanks so much, Suan. And don't worry, you're not alone when it comes to TikTok. I have no clue as well. So <laughs> thank you so much. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Suan, you can also head on over to the selfconfidence.com and search for Suan's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Sue Ann today for taking the time to share her story and wisdom with us on the Tau of Self-Confidence. So thank you so much, Sue Ann. Thank you so much for the invitation and just appreciate having spent some time with all of you. Thank you. Not a problem. It's really great having you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Tau of Self-Confidence. You can order your copy of Asian Women Who Boss Up Book by visiting our website at thetowofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.